the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation, 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Abbott. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Welcome, everybody. It's 2024. I am uh, live in uh, my cath lab office here at uh, Riverside Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, and Miss Kimberly is live on a boat uh, somewhere in the in the seas of the Pacific, is that right? Down in the Pacific Ocean, we are rounding out the end of our Hawaiian cruise on Princess Cruise Lines, and I'm at the back of the ship. I think this is considered aft, is what they call it in technical terms. I'm getting a thumbs up from our live studio audience here on Princess Cruises. We have Denise and Bill, who are uh, two of my favorite cruise passenger friends, and um, yeah, we're hanging out. We have beautiful sun behind us. It's a little rocky, so if you are on our video podcast side of things you'll see me rocking back and forth and i'm holding on for dear life it's rocky as we're coming up um the shore we were in ensenada yesterday this is the cruise to commemorate my mom as you know my mom passed away a year and a half ago and this was supposed to be the 50th anniversary cruise for my dad and my mom and because my mom isn't here um my dad got stuck with me well right but you know (laughs) Number one, Kim, this is our first show in 2024, so that's a milestone because we're entering, I guess, our second year of, uh, you know, being online uh, and live. But there's a silver lining because your dad, and hopefully you'll be able to share this with us, got to check off something on his bucket list. And uh, yeah. he, too, has some vascular and cardiovascular issues that uh, have been addressed recently, and, and hopefully he's feeling better. So, uh, you know, no, number one. Our show today, we've got two great guests, and we're just going to kind of have a candid conversation about what it is that that our uh, they do, we do for, with respect to vascular care. Um, I'm I'm hoping to hear about their podcast. I'm hoping to hear about what their maybe vascular New Year's resolutions are, and um, kind of what keeps them up at night, what keeps them passionate. So you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun, candid show, and I'm I'm looking forward to ringing in 2024 with a good audience. And heck, we're live. And you're on a boat in the middle of the Pacific or thereabouts, so it doesn't get any better than this, right? And I might be looking up. It's getting even rockier, so I'm starting to get a little seasick. (laughs) If you're going to vomit, just turn away. Just turn away from the camera, okay? Nobody needs to It's a little crazy. I've done really well. And actually, my dad just showed up over here, so it might be a good time to have him come in um, and share his story. Yes. As he as he um, comes in, I'll just say in earlier December, I was in Guatemala for a fishing tournament. And that's a, a long story we can talk about. But I, too, get pretty seasick. And I was happy. I only threw up once on the boat. And that was three days of fishing. So I, that was a that was a win for me. Hey, Dad, how um, are you? 
His, my dad is alive and well, as you can guy. see. Yeah, nice. we weren't, um, you know, it was literally the week before Christmas um, that he ended up, it was the Thursday prior and like the Thursday, Thursday prior. And he went to one of his rotary functions for Christmas and he calls me. He's like, Kim, I couldn't even make it up three stairs. I had to take the elevator up to the next floor for the party. And I started getting really concerned because we had the cruise coming up and also simply losing my mom. I don't want to lose my dad again, you know, all in the same year and a half. And so I got really concerned. So, of course, I messaged you. I messaged Dr. Jay Matthews. I messaged um, Dr. James Joy, who's in our San Francisco Bay Area. And I said, I don't know what to do. He also woke up that Sunday morning with some chest pain. And I really started freaking out that I wasn't going to have my dad there for long. Dr. James Joy said, I need you here in clinic first thing Monday morning. He was on the table Tuesday with his partner, Dr. Murphy, and they were able to open up two coronary blockages, um, both moderate vessels, um, branches of the right coronary, and they were more than 95% blocked and one close to 100% blocked. And he literally, by that Friday, that was Tuesday, by that Friday, we were on the cruise ship. He was walking up 14 flights of stairs, two and a half miles around the decks. Great for walking, as you know, when it's a little smoother. And then yesterday, this is two weeks in, he crossed off something on his bucket list, zip lining, where he had to hike up 56 flights or the equivalent of 56 flights of stairs and walk two miles in between the four zip lines. And he succeeded. And look, he's here. I'm here. here today. <laughs> there he is. How did how did it feel? Did you did you just do straight up zip lining or did you go Spider Man or upside down or whatever it was? Upside down. No, I didn't. <laughs> it wouldn't let me go on the single cable. We were double cable. So Oh I see. I it, see. you know, you have you can only do that on, on one one cable. Which the workers did. Which all the workers they gave us a demo right beforehand and it actually eased my concerns. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> so I was able to do it and seeing them upside down, you know, on their heads. So he's heading up. He's going to go. He just got a tour with the captain um, on the bridgeway. Um, and then he is now going to go play bocce. So incredibly active. And he's I can't even keep up with him on this ship. And just to think that two weeks ago, he couldn't even make three stairs. So something to be said for just fighting and trusting your intuition and always getting that second and third opinion. So Kim, we've got about uh, two minutes before we go to break, but my thought would be to at least uh, introduce our guests uh, and then yes. kind of get the ball rolling for that conversation. But before that, do we have anything to do? Uh, I think we need to have a moment of inspiration. Dr. We need to John kick off the Phillips. new year, right? Spectacular vascular moment of inspiration. <laughs> well, so I was, I was, <laughs> Colin. Well done. I love it, my friend. It never gets old. And um, this this week's quote is going to be very simple. I was trying to look for some kind of inspirational uh, quotes for uh, the new year. And, um, I, you know, we all look towards what are we going to, at least I do, what am I going to do better or be better at or, or maybe kind of create something or whatever. And Abraham Lincoln, I think, said it best. He said the best way to predict the future is to create it. And, um, you know, our two guests, we've got two guys. Miguel is a friend of mine, a vascular surgeon from Texas. 
Um, his colleague, Lucas Fair, an interventional cardiologist, they have a podcast. They're creating it. Uh, and we're just going to talk with them uh, the remainder of the show as to, you know, what it is that they do in their practice, what, you know, what keeps them fired up. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to a good show. Yeah, I love Dr. Miguel Montero Baker and Dr. Lucas Fair. Um, Lucas Fair is an interventional cardiologist, I believe. That's correct. And he, or is he a vascular today. surgeon? I'm seeing oh, Dr. Really? Lucas and I are, are both vascular surgeons. We're both vascular, You're both surgeons. vascular right. surgeons. Uh, well, right. you know, it's, I, I'll say I, I'm actually really proud when anybody calls me an interventional cardiologist because I feel <laughs> they have phenomenal wire skills and endovascular <laughs> skills. So I will take that. I will always say that if well, Miguel, every- I know I know you're a vascular surgeon, but I'm just getting to meet Lucas. So yeah, yeah, I love, I love my vascular surgeons. We'll, we'll go into details here in the next segment. But Lucas and I have a long history, and he is a, a fabulous vascular surgeon in the uh, city of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's awesome. And just as we go into, get ready to go into break, just a quick, I want to say hello, Lucas, say hello here. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, I, I'm not offended at all to be called an interventional cardiologist. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the interesting thing about it is I doubt as an interventional cardiologist, anybody would call me a vascular surgeon. So that's, you know, like, <laughs> one, of, one of our vascular surgeons, real quick, we were doing a hybrid case together and he had kind of asked me if I wanted to sew on part of the patch to the common femoral artery, which is, you know, what these guys do. They'll clean out the artery much better than what we can do with balloons and stents and things of that nature. And I started doing it and I thought, well, this is going to take too long. I'm just going to let you finish off. So, was it fun? What's that? Was it fun? It was fun, except he, he got impatient with me. And, he, you know, we're very good friends. And I'm a little bit his senior. So he didn't smack my hand like, uh, you know, a resident or anything. But I, I realized that we didn't have enough time for me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep on listening here to the Heart of Innovation on 860 AM. The answer will be back after these messages. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I am on dry land in Columbus, Ohio. Kim is in the Pacific Ocean on a boat that is quite wobbly, and we are joined by yeah. two vascular surgeons, Miguel Montero Baker and Lucas Fair, both of whom know each other and are in the Texas region. 
they also have a podcast. So we're going to jump right in. Miguel and Lucas, how do you guys know each other? Give us a little bit about, you know, your background, what it is you're doing uh, down in the Lone Star State. And um, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys for inviting us, for sure. You want to you wanna take that question, Miguel, or should I? Yes, I think that I'll, I'll enter where we come from, and then I'm, I'm sure we'll get into the pod a little bit later, and I think that was mainly you. So um, I have been now in the U.S. for over probably about 15 years or so. I stumbled the world through Europe and Latin America in my path towards becoming a limb preservation expert, and one thing led to the other, and once I got my American Board of Vascular Surgery, I became an associate professor at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. And when I got here, you know, it was everything was new for me. It was a new position. It was a new city. I had moved from Arizona. I'd done my American Board of Vascular Surgery down in Tucson, the U of A. And um, one of the the really comforting surprises that I fell into, of course, being Baylor, a historically important academic program was having to meet the trainees on the first day. And it was, it was such a blessing to, to realize very shortly that it was um, a couple of great physicians. Uh, One of them is a, Angela Echeverria, she's now down in, in Florida. And then the other one was Lucas Ferrer. And what was really cool about Lucas in particular was the relationship we had both uh, coming from a Hispanic background. And Lucas is from the island of Puerto Rico. And uh, I am from the not island, yet country, <laughs> Central America, Costa Rica. And I always say that because... Throughout every year I've been in America, everybody always confuses Puerto Rico and and, uh, and Costa Rica. I, lo- I love both places. I, aren't they both beautiful? They're both beautiful. They're so amazing. Um, both for very different reasons. One full of a lot of history, another one full of just uh, you know amazing atmospheres and microatmospheres. But anyway, that was our connection, and uh, you know throughout two pretty arduous training years uh, and, and, and what, what, what tends to be this love hate relationship, right? Of course that you have with as a, as a, as a faculty attending with your trainees and how they get on your nerves, but how you end up loving them because of everything <laughs> they mean uh, and everything they do for you. But, but it was really, a, it was very enjoyable. Lucas was fantastic. He has phenomenal hands. It was a pleasure to train him. And, and at the end of, uh, I would say most of these training relationships you end up being really good friends and and that was it and so lucas still today becomes somebody i call on a regular basis uh and we developed this really beautiful friendship um throughout the years so you know one thing that you bring up that is really interesting is that you mentioned that you do still call each other and and i see that all the time with different vascular specialists and and doctors in general and my favorite ones are the ones that are not afraid to pick up the phone to say hey i have this really complex case what would you do and i assume that even though he was in a sense you know one of your mentees in school you're you're still um able to call him to say hey what's your perspective do you have any particular situation that in which um stands out that you called them 
and you said, hey, Lucas, what would you do? You know, I'll even go as far as saying that we created, and this will be funny in the context of the conversation, being that we're vascular surgeons. And so one of the things that I always have been really keen on, because when I did my training in Europe, I did it under interventional cardiology. So I was in Europe for about three years training under interventional cardiologists. And so for almost three years, I did not see the, I did not see a scalpel. Um, and for me, that was huge. It was huge. It was, it was very, it was very mindsetting in what the new era of after surgery should be. And I remember being always saying, guys, we just have to be unbiased, unbiased. You know, it's, it's what the patient needs and we need to provide an unbiased approach. What do I mean? We have this kind of open, big surgeries and we have now these minimally invasive procedures we can do. And when we come to save legs, we just have to be very smart and try to be very critical about what's the best thing we can do for the patient. And so uh, Kim, to your question, we actually have a chat now called the unbiased group. And it's just a few of these trainees that I had in the past. And I will go and I will post pictures and CT scans and I will, and I'm the senior guy, and I'll say, guys, I need feedback. This is a super complex case. I respect all of you. They have all now gone and become phenomenal leaders in each one of their communities. But it's really cool to get the feedback. And there's like a super private guy. There's another super private guy. Then there's academic guys in this group. But we're all the unbiased vascular surgeons that are very well-versed in, in, in minimally invasive therapies. And it's just great. And to see, I'm telling you, the ultimate goal of every faculty should be to see their pathologists just outgrow them, right? Be better than you, be more amazing than you, be able to teach you. And I think that's uh, that's a very mature culmination of life when you get to that. Point. Well, you know what, Miguel, that's a great point because, you know, I came from an interventional cardiology background and I went and trained with Gary Ansel and Chip Body and Mitch Silver here at Riverside. And you know, now we're training some other younger interventional cardiologists who do PV. And one of them, I, and I, I, I told them the same thing. I said, listen, my job is to train you to be better than me. And so that's, that's what it's all about. So, uh, Lucas, how does, it, how does it feel? We've got about a minute left, and obviously we'll continue this after the break. But how does it feel to, to give advice to your mentor? <laughs> I mean, to, he's very, very, he's being very modest. I, I'm the one that calls him the most. I mean, um, I actually called him last week at a, ruptured aneurysm and we were having some questions of post-management you know how to manage them after after we sealed them and you know i just immediately called miguel and i find my myself doing that a lot um so yeah i'm very lucky you know i think you know when when you go into training you find people you want to emulate and for me it's very easy to want to emulate what miguel was doing and take a lot of notes of what he was doing and then I was fortunate enough to kind of have him even after I finished kind of take me under his wing so this kind of all comes from that and the podcast kind of comes from that relationship in a way and from the experiences that that his relationship has brought so um, um, yeah I'm very lucky we're going to find out more here on the Heart of Innovation hosted by Dr. John Phillips and Emmy Award winning writer Kim McNichols here listening on 860 AM The Answer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. Three years ago, my 
symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg, arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not, because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD, peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.com. Org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We are continuing our conversation uh, with doctors Miguel and Lucas, two vascular surgeons. And, you know, the beauty of it, this is a live show. We have live uh, audience members and Lucas had just mentioned he had called Miguel about a ruptured aneurysm, just kind of an outpouching of, of one of the vessels. And uh, we had a uh, during the break, we had a question from one of our um, uh, live audience members. And so let's field it right now. Marie, what was the question that you had for our two vascular surgeons? One, what is what can we do ourselves that have the aneurysms to prevent them from rupturing? And is there anything we can do to help, like, to eliminate it? All right. Gentlemen, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to uh, let Lucas take that. You know, that's, that's why I'm his attending now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Not much you can do to prevent it from rupturing or, uh, or growing. I think there are some companies out there that are trying to bring up medications and gather delivered medications uh, to help prevent growth. But at the moment, we don't have anything. Risk factors are genetics, so you can't really change that. And the other big risk factor is smoking. So if you're smoking, obviously stopping oh. smoking will help, uh, might help. But I, I will add to that, uh, Lucas, to, to Marie's point. You know, one of the very basic things that you want to understand is, as Lucas said, is, you know, sometimes it's just the genes you've been, you know, handed down, right? And there's not much you can do to change your DNA. But if you subject your blood vessels to super high pressure, then they're going to inevitably widen. And so one of those things, as Lucas was alluding to, is your risk modification. And so anything you can do to have a healthier cardiovascular system and keep your blood pressure in check, that's going to be important, right? And so taking your blood pressure meds are something super important. I know this is one that people don't talk a lot about, but having chronic 
cough and COPD related problems that are under check. And then actually there was a, an old study where there was some increased risk on people that would have a lot of trouble going to the restroom where they would have to just push and push and push and push on a daily basis to uh, go number two. And so even that basic things are little stuff that you could do. So increasing your fiber diet, making sure that you don't have GI issues related to not being able to go number two, taking your blood pressure medications and, you know, overall healthy cardiovascular system. I think those are little small things that at least can get you some degree of control. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, to, to Lucas point, unfortunately, you may be, a uh, uh, you know, you may be really good at all those things and still some of these may grow. And so, you know, it's yeah. so interesting that you mentioned the, the lung issues because I have adult onset of asthma. And so that I, you know, we were talking during the break that I was diagnosed with, um, mine's only 3.7. Um, in terms of size. So, but there's still, they said for my frame, that's actually a little bit more than it should be. And with a genetic history, my mom had it, my mom transitioned because of it. My younger brother has one that um, there is some concern. Um, so they do have me on a yearly watch, but I now have something else that I need to make sure that I keep under control, which is the asthma. Yeah. Well, but I mean, isn't that, isn't that life, though, right? I mean, life is controlling what you can control. You can't control your genetics. You can't control the fact that, um, you know, dad had it or mom had it. But you can control, like Miguel said, Lucas said, your blood pressure. You know, we tell folks not to bear down. Use stool softeners. Uh, I think aerobic activity is fantastic for helping lower blood pressure. So I encourage my patients to exercise. I don't want them to lift a lot of heavy weights, though, and the isometric bearing down. Um but, uh, yeah, actually, for my brother, they ended up telling him to lay off a lot of the heavy weight lifting. So exactly right. So uh, speaking of heavy lifting, you know, Kim, about a year and a half ago, you and I started this little adventure called the Heart of Innovation and the Save My Piggies. And, you know, we've been going strong and, and I think we have a fantastic relationship and, you know, the Batman and Robin peanut butter jelly kind of combination. But uh, <laughs> So these two guys, uh, Lucas, Miguel, you all started a little podcast, too. Is that right? Yeah, we started a podcast called uh, Life of Flow. And I think it's been like five months since we started. We've been talking about it for a, a while and kind of, you know, mid this year, just decided to to do it. Uh, and it's been great. It's been very fun. Um, I have a great time. I'm curious what those conversations are like, because it always stems from some sort of conversation. There's a catalyst conversation that happened where you both kind of realize, wow, this is a really cool discussion. Wow. We should share this. Yeah, for, for, me, you... the, for me, the aha moment was we were at a conference earlier this year before that's before, you know, we started and, um, you know, Miguel invited me to a dinner after the conference and there were, you know, several people that I admire within the field and we we're just sharing stories and, and, you know, there are some things I really love in life. One of them is operating and the other one is having conversations with, you know, people that have like-minded interests and stuff like that. So, you know, I was just, it was part of like what I want to do in life. I want to do things that for me are play and for other people are work uh, and that I truly enjoy doing. So, so yeah, that's kind of like, you know, we're, we're making all, and I started talking about it. 
So do you guys just converse between the two of you or do you have, you have guests on the show? And if you have guests, then I'm assuming, you know, Kim and I will be invited at some point. Uh, but, you know, tell us about the structure of the show. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, with our producer should have sent those emails. If not, she may be fired. OK, <laughs> <laughs> We will check that Monday, seven a.m. Yeah. First thing. I love he why. just invites ourselves. Yeah, you know, hey, hey, listen, Kim, we're shameless. I'm shameless. <laughs> shameless self promotion. You know, uh, you know, Kim, you've been on the road um, with us, and, and John, you certainly, you and I have shared podium at, at a few different meetings. There's always this very formal, scientifically based part of our meeting where you have these minds sharing, Mm -hmm. but there's always this more social yet still intellectually, you know, very exciting, which is really sometimes when you just go down and have a beer or sit down and kick your uh, shoes off and just talk about stuff. And it may be something, uh, a new project, a new non-for-profit, um, or maybe something happening in your life, right? I mean, there's just these little moments where you share and it's people that you know get it because we are all in this very highly stressful environment in our jobs and and we just don't get that colleague-to-colleague interaction other than when we go to those meetings. And it may be, you know, it may be limited by the fact that you have to do slides for the next day so you cannot stay and enjoy it more. And Lucas, you know, called me up and said, you know, I just miss these conversations. I get to talk to you and some of these folks just once or twice a year. How cool would it be that we could build something where other people may enjoy it? And, you know, the beauty about podcasting is you don't have to convince anybody else other than yourself (laughs) that this is something that people may want or enjoy. And, um, And really our target audience is other people within our specialty uh, or, or within the business of cardiovascular medicine that have these conversations on a daily basis. And so it goes all over. It's all over the place, guys. You know, it's business. We're going to find out more about this here on the Heart of Innovation, listening on 860 AM The Answer with Dr. John Phillips and Kim McNichols. Don't go anywhere. Medical Notepad, brought to you by Patient Advocacy Organizations, Take a Stand Against Amputation, and The Way to My Heart. My name is Dr. John Runback from American Endovascular and Amputation Prevention. Why does PAD cause leg cramping when walking, exercising, or climbing stairs? Well, PAD, or peripheral artery disease, is caused by the buildup of plaque or cholesterol in the arteries of the legs, hardening of the arteries, similar to the same process that occurs in the heart's arteries and causes heart attacks, where it's called coronary artery disease. In the legs, well, you don't need much blood flow at rest. As you exercise, the muscles demand more blood flow. If you get a buildup of hardening of the arteries or plaques obstructing the arteries, then when you walk or exercise or try to go upstairs, the demands of the muscle for increased blood flow can't be met. You have blockages in your arteries. And in response, the muscles cramp. That's their sign to you that something is wrong. 
that you need to see a vascular physician. Medical Notepad is a series for educational and informational purposes only. Advice offered is not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this series without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. For more information on peripheral artery disease, go to standagainstamputation.com and for peripheral artery disease support, go to thewaytomyheart.org. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Happy Saturday, everybody. It's uh, 34 degrees here in Columbus, Ohio, and probably 95 in the Pacific where Kim is. But we're having a blast, having a good conversation with Miguel and Lucas. They're just discussing their podcast with us. Kim and I, you know, during the break, we talk about how we come up with content and try to make it relevant not only to those that have a, a, a medical bend, but just the lay public in general. And so, you know, you guys were saying that you're continuing conversations that you'd like to have with fellow colleagues outside of a you know, conference or dinner. And so, you know, how does, how, do, how does that go? How do you come up with a topic or is it just, you know, what's on your mind for that day? Or do you have a specific schedule that you try to work around? You know, if, if, if you guys listen to the jingle of our, of our podcast, it's uh, it's something like two vascular surgeons go into a bar and walk out with a podcast. <laughs> and that really is it. Uh, it's whatever is going in our lives or in our minds or in the, you know, in the business arena that we feel other people may find also intellectually appealing. And, you know, I'll put some buckets out there. Uh, research, uh, clinical vignettes, uh, wealth management, um, legal advice, um, and, and just cool stuff overall. This has got nothing to do maybe with medicine. We've, we've gone into some pretty philosophical stuff also at, at, at times. Um, but I mean, I'll, 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 I'll put it this way, Lucas, what have been your, your top two or three favorite ones of us, uh, that, that you, to, to kind of showcase where, how we're all over the place. <laughs> my, my favorite ones have been the DVA rants where we go into really kind of technical nuances about deep naturalization, which is kind of a topic that that we both love. Um, very important for the for the listeners of this program, right? So this is a very advanced technique so do you, for do you, plane preservation on no options. Right. Do, do you ever feel like a topic like that is just, is it pigeonholing your audience or do you, um, do you make it such that a sixth grader could understand the no. process? No, we, uh, I, I mean, I want to do a podcast that I enjoy because I think that's a podcast that, that it, this is directed to towards people that are in the field. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think there are other people that will be better at communicating to the general population, uh, these type of concepts. Um, and I don't want to, I, I want to make something for the vascular surgeon, for the interventional cardiologist, for the interventional radiologist, for the wound care specialist, for the podiatrist. Um, and I think that, 
you know, I think sometimes we think that our, that a general audience won't get all of it or part of it or none of it, but I think they, you know, just by listening to it, the, they might get enough where they're curious and can go look for more in sources that might explain it better than we can, because that's, I don't think that's my forte. Miguel might do it better than I, than, than I would, but from the start, that wasn't the concept. The concept was a niche podcast. Uh, and we, yeah, and it doesn't need to grow to be a humongous thing. It can be its own thing and stand alone by itself. And yeah. Yeah, if, if Kim um, or John, if you if you if you grab all vascular surgeons in America and you put them into a single space, they will not fill up a football stadium. That's how few we are. And if we can get ten percent of that, it's still good. Yeah. And I know that there's going to be other specialties very interested, and people, for example, in startup companies and in wealth management. And even this was a funny one because we didn't really chase it down. They kind of looked for us where there was a divorce lawyer that wants to come and talk to us about asset protection. And we thought that was something that we didn't really chase down. But we go always to the basics. So if you and I, after a meeting, we're talking and all of a sudden we meet a lawyer, would we have a conversation with him about what he does? And the answer is yes. And we'd like to understand what they do. And so, Yeah, sure. I'm not saying with that that I'm in any way, shape, or form supporting not staying married. I'm the happiest man in the world with my wife and have a beautiful 11-month baby. But those are things that people around us probably are very interested in listening to. And so we want to welcome this and make it a very intimate conversation. I think that's kind of, uh, you you know, the, the ability to distill things that are complicated and, and, and disseminate that information, even though, though your peers are obviously well-versed in the language, I think is really important. But also what I really enjoy about what we do is just meeting, like you had said, meeting new people. I mean, Kim thankfully has introduced me to somebody who made uh, Tesla gener- Tesla uh, t- transducers or something at, at Burning Man. And um, we got to oh, meet... Wow. Um, the gentleman that helps run um, the uh, uh, ALS um, foundation for um, uh, the, the former Saints football player. So, I mean, it's just, it's really cool to be able to to talk to people. And Kim, I know you and I too, we've shared fairly intimate details about ourselves that I don't know that I would share with people in the hallway that I'm in, but for whatever reason, when sometimes you're on a podcast, you just feel like you can talk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you are on there. You feel like everyone who's listening is is really their their family, and um, we really want to resonate with people. And people like to listen to people that they can relate to, and and that's why um, it's really important. You and I have shared very very personal information and emotions about the loss of of a parent, and um, we've used them also as a learning experience. Others, not only medically, but also um, just personally, um, and I think that people really resonate with that. And I, and as Miguel and Lucas were saying, I know we have to go to break in a moment, but um, just that your vascular surgeons, your fellow vascular surgeons, can certainly resonate with what you are sharing. And so, the more that they can relate, the more they're going to listen. Yeah. Yeah, we're not only about surgeons, but also we have guests that are interventional cardiologists, interventional radiologists. We don't we want people that are 
in the space where we're not, you know, putting ourselves in silos in that case. So we, we welcome anybody that has an interest in, in vascular disease. I love it. At, at the end of the day, there's enough quote work for everybody, vascular surgeons, interventional radiologists, interventional cardiologists. We are stronger as a team than we are yeah. as individuals. I agree. And after, we're going to head up on a break right now, but uh, with our last segment, we're going to talk about what's uh, burning these guys, keeping them up at night. So stay with us. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hard to believe it, but the show is almost over. We've only got about four minutes left, and I think we've had a really interesting conversation with Miguel and Lucas. Kim obviously joins me. So, guys, um, we've got, again, four minutes left. What, what do you, what's keeping you up at night in 2024? And, um, you know, what are you looking forward to changing, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life? Um, so I'm, I'm curious. Let, let, me, let me get into your brains. Lucas? Uh, many things. Mostly um, getting new skills. Um, in uh, organization and leadership and in like media space, I guess that we just entered just like learning new, learning new skills and enjoy and enjoy the process. That That's a global, I guess, uh, look at what I'm, I'm interested in this year. I like it. Miguel. John, um, as, as you may or may not know, but after 10 years in the ivory towers, the Baylor's, the corporate academic medicine facilities in the world, I decided to leave and build my own spot where I thought patients, we were doing a great job in the hospital, but we were doing a crappy job of giving patients a home. Uh, And they would come, you know, in the epitome of their uh, sorrow, and we would do a great job, but then we would give them absolutely no landing runway to go to and no place that they could call home. And my return, after I would do these complex uh, procedures and and save legs, was about 20% of patients that would actually follow me in clinic. And so it was very clear to me that we needed to do something different. And since I did that now um, 14 months, I've realized how unfortunately challenged our healthcare is to provide good outpatient, solid care, um, and so my dream, um, you know, it's, it's my bittersweet relationship with this dream is it's incredibly hard, uh, but I, I dream of a day that we can provide a home for these patients to go into, to care, to be cared for, uh, and, and that, they, that, that they have the right team, uh, the right family there, and that they know where to go. And I am very, very early in this building block stage, but I hope I can get there. You know what? I think the quote, it was a little serendipity there because, again, Lincoln said the best way to predict the future is to create it. So, you know, you're creating. Kim, we've got two minutes left. What are we going to create in 2024? 
Well, I mean, the one thing for me, for the benefit of patients, just out, um, it was one of the publications, One Year Freedom from Amputation, Survival, and Cost of Care Following the Tibial and Pedal Endovascular Interventions for that Critical Limb Ischemia, the Advanced Stage of PAD, and the Role of Atherectomy, those rotorooting devices, and drug eluding stents, it was withdrawn. And I'm just honestly, I'm hoping for a resolution to this battle between folks that don't believe in advanced methods and the folks um, in more amputations and the folks that are exhausting all efforts to save life and limb. And I'm really hoping for a resolution. And I'm happy to be a part of that change, creating that change that we want to see. And we only have a minute left. And I'll just dovetail on that. I mean, I think what I'd really like for us to be able to do is is have that, we've talked about it, have that Save My Piggies conference where we can interact with patients and physicians, um, share the trials and tribulations that they go through and that we as physicians go through. Because it's not just, you know, we're all kind of plumbers here, and yeah, we can get the plumbing open, but to Miguel's point, there's a lot more that goes into it, and it truly yeah. does take a village. It does. It does. Well, thanks, everyone. Happy 2024, our first show of 2024. And if you want to listen to the Life of Flow podcast, definitely check out Spotify. Um, And we are also there as well, the Heart of Innovation. So make sure you subscribe to both. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys, for having the invitation. Thank you very much. And you all have a blessed 2024. Hopefully we can have you very soon. Yeah. (laughs) I would love it. Ali's on it. Don't worry about it. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and Abbott. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.